Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today we're talking about how to trade corporate for consulting in midlife with Amy Rasdell. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach, a midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. Okay, so as a midlife coach, I coach a lot of women about making decisions. And these decisions often feel like big, scary decisions that are just so, so hard to make. One of these types of decisions is often about leaving a long-term job. This was totally my story too, and I was so stuck and scared that I actually had no idea how afraid I really was. I would spin on questions like these. What would I do? Would my age get in the way? What do I really want to do? Was I even still employable? Would I be making a mistake? How valuable are my skills anyway? And so on. It got really uh, tiring doing all that spinning. I was so confused, though, I stayed in that spin for about five years. Now, these types of questions aren't just about leaving a long-term job, though. A lot of the time, it's about leaving corporate specifically, which can be a big old confusing, stressful thing to think about. So when I met my guest today, someone who left corporate to become a consultant and realized what an amazing next step it could be, I couldn't wait to have her on so you can hear more from her. She is so inspiring. But before we take a deep dive into this juicy topic, just quick, I want to make sure you know about a couple of new ways to have more fun with what's going on in my coaching world. The first thing is to let you know about a new opportunity for coaching called the Breakthrough Coaching Calls. It's a one-time, two-hour coaching opportunity to get clear about what's holding you back and confident about your next steps forward. We're going to take a deep dive into your thoughts on how midlife is going for you overall or in your business and discover what's keeping you stuck, what's getting in your way, and what your priorities are so you can start to create a roadmap forward for your next chapter. Breakthrough coaching calls are perfect when you're tired of spinning and wasting valuable time and need a serious breakthrough. I only have a couple of these available at a time, but if you're interested, grab yours now at www.susierosenstein.com and click the Coaching and Workshops tab, and you'll see Breakthrough Coaching Calls listed there. And the second fun new thing is with the Women in the Middle podcast. It's called the Podcast Club, and you are invited to join. The Podcast Club is basically a book club experience for the podcast. We're going to be going deeper into the podcast conversation started in a recent episode. This is a super easy club to be a member of, too. You get a Zoom call with me once a month, an easy-to-use podcast go-deeper guide with thought-provoking questions to help you apply what you're learning on the podcast to your own life, and also some fun surprises along the way, including prizes. You're also going to be able to chat with me directly and share your thoughts with me and other like-minded women. So don't waste another minute. It's shockingly affordable. So check it out and sign up at www.susierosenstein.com and click on the Podcast Club button. And I can't wait to see you in my Zoom square. Okay, now let me introduce you to my guest today. As I mentioned, today's podcast episode is about how to trade corporate for consulting in midlife. So can you relate to wanting to leave your corporate career? Maybe wondering about what other options you might have at this age? You may be surprised to learn how transferable your skills are for becoming a consultant. My guest this week is Amy Rasdell. As the founder of Billable by the Beach, Amy has helped hundreds of people start their own successful consulting businesses through speaking, workshops, and informative programs over the past 10 years. Now Amy works and plays every day. Her mission is to liberate six-figure earners by empowering them to build six-figure consulting businesses. She is passionate about helping others find the freedom and flexibility to live the life of their dreams without sacrificing the career they've spent so long building. Amy recently published the book, Land a Consulting Project Now, 
build a life of freedom, flexibility, and inspiring work running your own six-figure business. You are going to be quite inspired by this interview, so please enjoy. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Good morning. So nice to see you today. Oh my gosh, it's nice to see you too. And I I love that you're in San Diego. San Diego, just the thought of San Diego makes me smile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a nice place to be. Sure is. But the reason I'm so excited to talk to you is because you're the founder of Billable at the Beach and you ditched your corporate job for consulting 15 years ago. And now you are rolling in success and making more money than most executives. So of course, we need to know more. So tell us a little bit about why you knew you needed to write this book. Yes. So I started my own consulting business a long time ago. And what happened is, and I didn't really set out to do that intentionally. I think a lot of us, and I know this is part of your story too, Um, we get laid off somewhere along the way. And mine was an interesting story because I was an executive at the company. So I had the privilege of laying myself off. I mean, I knew that (laughs) we couldn't afford to pay me. And I wasn't planning to work for free. It wasn't a nonprofit organization. So I knew that we had to lay off most of the executives, including myself. So at least it wasn't a surprise. Right. But I was looking for my next corporate position and a consulting project fell into my lap 20 hours a week for three months. And I thought, well, this is perfect. I can kind of be selective and careful and it brings some money. Well, Susie, I got about five weeks into that project and I said, cancel the job search. This is the life. I'm now a consultant. And I've never looked back. I loved it. So fast forward a few years and I'm doing it and I'm loving it. And all of my professional friends are starting to say, wow, she really seems to like this. And they would say, you know, Amy, I've been thinking about doing consulting myself. Could we have lunch or coffee or whatever? And I tend to be a very diligent, practical type person. So I would think, well, what do I want to tell them? What do I love? What do I hate? What do I wish I would have done differently? What do I want them to know? And I realized that I was accumulating a body of material And this was happening all the time. So I realized there was market demand for someone who could start a program to help people start their own consulting business. And it's mostly corporate types, people who have been um, in corporate positions, not exclusively, but for the most part. And uh, that's how Billable at the Beach was born. So way back then, there wasn't podcasts and online programs and all this stuff. So It was just a one-on-one offline program that I mostly worked with people where I live in San Diego, which is kind of how the name came up of a little bit tongue-in-cheek being billable at the beach because who doesn't want to be billable at the beach, right? Exactly. And (laughs) then over time, what happened? And so my transitions have been um, rather than kind of like a big crisis where I had to get out of something, they've been kind of a steady breaking the traditions and the rules all the way along the way. So eventually I moved. And in those, even 15 years ago, people who had their own businesses and were doing those things, they always wrote the book. And this was when it was much more difficult before you could self-publish and all that stuff. And I always thought, because the people that I ran into at that time, it seemed like they were writing the book for ego reasons, to be able to say they had a book. And that just wasn't really me. Eventually, I finally got to the point where I had an online program. I had an online presence. I was I was joining people to talk about what I was doing on podcasts. And I wanted a way to reach even more people. And I realized before I started making it one of my outreach strategies to talk to people on podcasts, before I started doing that at someone else's suggestion... I hate to say it, but admit it, but I didn't even know about podcasts. I had never listened to podcasts. So I realized a lot of my audience, the people that I was trying to reach, were kind of in that same boat. They really weren't doing a lot of social media. They really hadn't necessarily found the world of podcasts yet. So the best way to reach them was going to be a book. 
So I finally did the book, right? That, that all of us think about doing. Yeah. And, um, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected that I would. Oh, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned the podcast thing because I was the same way. I was a late adopter to podcasts and I worked at a publishing department at the time. And I even had a friend who made fun of me because I was so late to get an actual smartphone. She's like, she looked at my phone. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but I now call podcasts uh, and your phone a party in your purse because it's so accessible. But, you know, it's the same thing with um, with downloadable books and Audible. And there's just so many ways to communicate. But I love that you noticed that for uh, the people that you, were your ideal clients, and a lot of us are the over 50 crowd, that they weren't on top of the podcast thing. Uh, now many more are, but I even have a freebie for people who haven't yet found the podcast and I promote it on Facebook because there's a lot of us that have never even clicked on the icon on the iPhone even. So I always tell people, oh, this is where it is. Look, it's right on your phone. You just didn't know. <laughs> so it's I love that you, that you decided to go with the book as the foundation and as the first way to talk about it. So that's great. Podcasts are super fun, though. That's for sure. And I'm so glad you're here. I mean, that's why we found yes. it. <laughs> and I did, I did do an audio book because I think that a lot of people do listen in their car. Yes. And I, I just went from, I've been working. I'm actually, I never say I work from home. I always say that I work remotely because I was dealing with corporate clients for so long and especially being a woman with kids and the whole deal saying, oh, you know, I'll, I'll log in when I get home. I say, oh, I'm out of my office right now when I get back to my office. So I'm always really careful to do that. I didn't want them to have this vision of me sitting in my office with a baby crawling around my feet even though I had plenty of those years where there was a baby crawling around my feet. I didn't want them to think about that. Amy, you're, just... so fun. you're so funny because I'm, I'm just giggling about the way we got on the call. I had classic work at home issues <laughs> going on. As you popped on the call, my bird Dee Dee starts tweeting. I'm like, oops, I forgot to put her in her cage that's out of this office. And it's just so funny because I used to be like, no, I have to be professional. A, a professional worker bee a professional entrepreneur is not going to have a bird tweeting on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I well, had that little bit of chaos just now. With no, you. It, it is, it is, it is an interesting thing. And I think COVID may have changed some of that. And by the way, yes. I, I got to meet the bird and I loved meeting the bird. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and because it humanizes. And I think COVID, I think we've all seen that, that BBC guy where the baby, you know, came in. in yes, the background. Yes. And I think men and women, parents and non-parents all appreciated the humanity of it. Yes. And I laugh too, when I look at a podcast or something, I was just, when I, when I have a podcast conversation, I always like to spend a few minutes before doing a little bit of listening. It feels like gets me in the, the mode, you yeah. know, reminds me who you are. And so I'm looking at all the things I should be listening to, but I wanted to listen to the one that's about long-term relationships. And when I listen to Amy Porterfield, who's kind of this big guru in online business, I should be listening to how to improve your email marketing open rate. But I zoom right into the one about, here's a conversation with my husband. You know, I want to hear her talking to her husband more than email marketing. So yes, there's that yes. trait of those things that humanize us that we all enjoy, right? Definitely. And that's why I'm having so much fun with this podcast. I get to meet so many interesting people and I get to talk about, you know, all the weird little things that are going on for me um, that I know I'm not the only one. And yes. there's so many parts of it. But um, anyway, keep going on your story because it's so good. This even I love the name Billable at the Beach. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that name. Because it is a dream for so many of us to get out of the cubicle, get get out of the the big giant office building. And even with COVID, more people working at home, they still feel trapped and yes. stuck inside. And in some of your notes, I noticed you use the word liberate. 
that you, that this plan, this idea of what you're teaching, and you'll, you'll of course tell us more about it, but that it liberates people. And that word really stood out to me. Well, so that's a huge thing. I think people feel like they're so stuck and particularly um, the people who are here with us today, you're at an age and a stage where you kind of feel like you're, you're locked in. You kind of set your trajectory 10, 15, 20 years ago, and it's too late to change. And it's not too late for anybody. You really can, wherever you are, um, it takes a little bit of courage, but you really can make the choices that work. And I like to say, most of us, again, who are here today, we've spent a lot of time, education, money, time, blood, sweat, and tears. We've paid our dues building our career. So the idea of jumping off and, and starting something completely different sounds scary. And by the way, we still need to make money, right? We still need to contribute to the retirement fund or whatever it might be. So you really can have the life you dream of without sacrificing that career trajectory, that career you've spent so long building or the money you're making. As an independent consultant, I really work with people and say, look, The goal is to make more money, not less. And people think you have this lifestyle, you have this flexibility, this freedom, you still work hard, but I'm, I'm not making less money. I'm making more money. Yeah. And I made as a corporate executive. I love that you shared that. And I remember, you know, a lot of us have mindset drama around money. Uh, You know, it's a a very, as women, especially. Yes, definitely. And when I, took the leap, the forced leap, because <laughs> I got laid off. <laughs> Which but when is I, common. But when I finally let committed to it, I'm like, okay, I'm not just going to be, I'm not just going to learn how to be a coach. I'm also going to make a business of this. For years, I had what I thought was the noble thought. I just have to replace my income. And a couple years in, when my income wasn't progressing the way I thought it should, I recognized that that thought that I thought was fine and noble was actually a limiting belief. And I was shocked. I was shocked. But I think um, what that really shows, and I've had clients who have become consultants and and it's for them too. I, I just think that so many women our age don't believe it's possible. We ha- we're so disconnected for our ability to dream and to imagine what we might be able to accomplish that it just, it's so easy to just knock down a, a, a baby idea immediately because it's too hard. I could never do that. And it's this goes back to this idea where we feel a little trapped, but we, and we don't feel liberated. Like we just don't feel like we can even go there and explore and grow and have even more success than we had before. So um I think you really tapped into something. And that was why also I really wanted to talk to you because consulting is such a beautiful example of transferable skills. And that whole area of transferable skills is another thing that women really don't appreciate. We take so much for granted, but to just appreciate that it doesn't need to be a complete, um, a complete giant change with what you're doing. It could be this tweak and this reimagining of what you can do with where you've been so strong. Well, and I think that's a really important point. It was interesting that you said I had a noble idea. That's what I thought. Because I think there's a fear of, I have, I learned this from a friend years ago And she said, prosperity is yours for the taking. Mm. Somebody has to be first. Why shouldn't it be me? So prosperity is yours for the taking, I think is a really good thing for us to remember. And I do work with some people who are approaching retirement. So they want to leave their nine to five. And this could be a woman or a man. Um, But they don't want to completely stop. And they don't necessarily, they they may not need to make as much money, 
And so they kind of feel like, well, maybe I should charge less money, but I really convince them, look, you're not doing your client or yourself any favors by charging less. And here's the thing. If you have extra money, you get to decide who it goes to. I mean, I always have some philanthropy that when that, you know, my next career goal is philanthropist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always have something that I would want to do with it. And as far as consulting, I think there's a lot of things that you can do in a career change. But what consulting does, if you take where you're really an expert, and I like to say, be a superhero with a superpower making super pay. So if you can find that intersection where you have the deepest expertise, what you really love to do, and where what the market will buy, if you can find that little place where those three circles intersect, that's where you have value, passion. And I do know there are a lot of women, particularly who think uh, the corporate thing, it was toxic. For a lot of us, we had... I didn't have a whole toxic career. I loved my corporate time, but I had some toxic moments that really affected me. Um, And so I I think a lot of people think, oh, I just want to completely shut the door on that chapter. But I really encourage you, don't do that because there's a lot of money there and there's a lot of expertise. And now you are going to be able to call the shots. You decide when you work, where you work, who you work with. I like to say, I'm so very selective about the clients that I take on. Once in a while, I make a bad choice and I just, I end up working with someone who's just a flaming jerk. So I go through and I complete that project, but I don't ever have to work with that person again. That's not the boss that's going to be responsible for my performance review or my next promotion. And if that person calls again, I can say, oh, I'm so sorry, man, my capacity is full for the next 18 months. I'm just not going to be able to take it on. I would never say anything bad. (laughs) I don't talk about the person to my dog or my husband maybe. But And so I've realized that the clients that I've worked with over the years have become really good friends because there's kind of this chemistry thing that comes together. We find we enjoy looking working together. So taking your corporate skills and and using them, it's also the fastest path, perhaps. I shouldn't say it's the fastest. I shouldn't be so unequivocal about that. But it's a quick path because you really can be doing billable work within a few weeks, oftentimes. Ooh, tell me more about that because One of the things that does scare off a lot of people with the thought of becoming an entrepreneur is all the tech, all the prep, all the creation of materials that needs to happen. Uh, There's just so much that needs to happen and it can be very scary systems, doing things you've never done before without a tech team or an editor or whatever. Yes. Um, So what do you mean you can just start in a few weeks? So here's the interesting thing, because in my corporate career, I grew up in Silicon Valley. I'm a Silicon kid. I grew up, I'm a technology person by background. I grew up, everyone was doing startups. So from a corporate standpoint, I started out doing big companies and then jumped off and did several startups. So I knew about starting companies, but when I was going to start my own consulting business, it was scary. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, I've been involved in starting all these companies, but I haven't done this. And now it's just me. And I even, I went to a fancy business school. I did all this stuff, but I didn't know when I was sitting there on that precipice thinking, okay, I know I have to do all this stuff that you just mentioned. I didn't know, is it like this big mountain or a little hill? I want to tell all of you right now, it's a little hill. So if you want to start consulting, there's only one thing I want you to think about. I want you to land two. I lied. Two things. I want you to <laughs> land. I know. <laughs> we all lie, right? I want you to land a project and get a check in the bank. You don't need to name it. You don't need a website. You don't need to make your tax strategy for the next five years. You don't, I don't give legal or tax advice. You don't necessarily need to incorporate. 
You need to land a project, get a check in the bank. Well, what do you need to do that? Brain power. So there are some moments when we all question our brain power, <laughs> um, especially if we're, we're past COVID now. COVID was rough on brain power. Oh, yeah. Brain power experience. We, are, we know who we're talking to here today. All of us have experience a phone and some access to a computer. I mean, even my daughter, by the time she was 12, had a phone and a computer. So most of us have that, right? You're listening to us on something. Those are the only four things you need. And then I have a little process that I've developed over these 15 years of, or 10 plus years of billable at the beach. I call it three action steps to generate revenue now. And it's a way to generate hot leads. So what you're going to do, three simple steps that require almost no technology and almost no real lead time. So first, you're going to put together just a little paragraph that's your elevator pitch. Really simple. Get something down. Don't stress or agonize over it. You probably already have something in your LinkedIn profile or the first bit of your resume, or if you've done any kind of speaking, your intro. So a quick little elevator pitch. Then you're going to make a list of people that you know. These are all the people we're all, right? We're talking to, to people over 50. I want your list to be at least a hundred people, people that you've worked with, professional friends, non-professional friends. Um, if you're lucky enough to still have your parents, friends of your parents, if you've raised kids, parents of your friend, you know, and now some of our kids are getting old enough that they're actually actually becoming <laughs> professional connections for us, right? So true, so true. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to reach out to all of them and say, look, here's what I'm doing now. I'm doing consulting a little bit about what I'm doing. And then I want you to do this via email. You don't need to use a fancy email marketing system. I mean... A lot of us are old enough. I was just talking to someone that I was chatting with over coffee um, on Monday of this week. And we were laughing about those days when early in our professional careers, we actually wrote cover letters on a typewriter. Oh yeah. So did I. And yeah. right. The, the little whiting out and errors and starting over and putting it in an envelope and all that stuff. And remember when so, you found a typo, you went and got a oh, hundred copies of your resume and you got home and you were so proud of yourself and there was a typo. <laughs> and those copies were expensive in those yes, days, exactly. right? <laughs> and so um, you just sit down, you don't need anything fancy. You sit down by the pool or in front of a baseball game and every once in a while you kind of make yourself a little template and you just send out five or 10. So in the course of a week or two, you put together your elevator pitch, you make the list of people you know, you reach out to them, and here's what you're doing. All of these people know you, and they know you do great work. You may or may not have worked directly with them, but they know you to some degree, and we all do great work. So you're looking for all these people already know you, they know you do great work. You're looking for someone who has a project that's appropriate for your skills and the budget to pay for it. So out of these hundred outreaches, odds are, and I've taught this so many times that these statistics, I have the data, three to five people will answer back and they'll say, you know what, Susie, I think I might have something. Can we talk? And out of those three to five people that answer back, odds are you will close one or two of those into a project. And that's how you land that first project and get a check in the bank. You didn't need a website. You didn't need any fancy technology. And I call this my three action steps to generate revenue now. So you do this first to reach out. And then that makes up the foundation of my outreach. So about once a quarter, and I've been doing this now for 15 years, I do that same thing. Now it's not just a hundred people. It's a few thousand people, but it really serves to remind those people who may not have needed or thought of me for all those years who say, oh, I think I might have somebody for Amy. Or I was just in the gym last night or out to dinner and I ran into Joe and he was saying, hey, do you, do you happen to know anybody that does 
X, Y, Z, or, you know, we all have friends who will say, Hey, my VP of marketing left, Do you know, anybody, or we're looking for a new director of it or whatever it might be. So those hundred people really turn into a lot more because they know you and they say, Oh, I don't have somebody, but the guy who lives across the street from me, we were just taking out the trash. And, and he said, you know, so, so that yeah. it's really that simple. Oh my gosh. This is the best example because it is that simple. It's so easy to get overwhelmed. And once you're in overwhelm, it can be so indulgent and really, uh, then, then you have all kinds of excuses of why you can't do the thing that you're really explaining. It is so simple. We all have email. We have contacts. But then the other piece of what you said is, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of work. You are going to have to be diligent and send those contacts out. But I love what you said that it's a basic strategy that will continue to work. So it's not one and done, but that your network will build, your email list will build, and it's a great source of referrals all the time. Well, and here's something I think it's really important to mention, especially today um, with us, you know, and, and the people who are listening to you are us. You might have a tendency to think, oh, it's scary when you're selling yourself and you might have a tendency to be thinking, oh, you know, like we all have that friend who gets her, the stuff out of her purse that she, the skincare stuff that she's selling or whatever. But some, you know, sometimes you want to buy it. And here's the thing, you're not imposing, you're not being obnoxious put yourself in the place of the person that's on the other end of your email. How often have you been sitting there in your corporate job or even your not corporate job thinking, I have all this stuff. I have this deadlines. I'm trying to get this thing done. Either I don't quite have the expertise or I just don't have the bandwidth. And all of a sudden an email from Amy or Susie comes across and we think, Ah, oh, you, you are not imposing. You are answering their dreams. And exactly. if you have this talent, which all of us have, you owe it to the world to get it out there because people need us. People so need me. People need you. I mean, how often do you hear that from the people you serve, Susie? Oh. It, that's exactly it. All like the time. we're not being pushy or forcing, but if you don't tell people how you can help them, how are they going to get help? <laughs> if you have the ability right. to help, the onus is on you to help. You got to find people that are yes. waiting for you to get over your drama and find them. <laughs> yes. Get over your drama. That's like, a good way to put it, right? Right. It's like, come on, Susie, get over your drama. I'm waiting for you. I've had that experience where I don't even know how I got on somebody's list, but they're saying exactly what I'm looking for. And I hire them. I'm thinking of two examples where that's happened recently in the last two years. And it's such a relief. It's such a relief. So I do take a minute and just do a quick Google search and make sure, you know, but it's like, Oh, of course. Yes. You still need to check your references and stuff, but I, I did the book and I had no idea all the stuff goes into doing a book. (laughs) Writing the book is less than half of the work. (laughs) Someone told me this was, this seems so funny, but someone said, you need a designer for the, for your book. And I'm thinking, well, okay, the cover. No, you need a designer for the inside of your book. And I thought, what, what do you design? It's words. (laughs) And then I realized you have to choose fonts. And what do you want the titles to look like? And what do you want the header and the footer and your paragraphs to break and your chapter pages? I never thought about the fact that the ins, and then I realized that I really had strong preferences. Yeah. Um, And then I did the audio book and I felt very strongly, um, my husband works in the music business. And so I've spent a lot of time in recording studios and stuff like that with him, which is really cool. But I'm very sensitive to good sound. So yes. I wanted my audiobook to be really good. So I wanted to do it in a studio. So then I needed a recording engineer. Well, he knows all the music people, but recording a book is different, right? I needed yes. someone who recorded um, speaking, not music. And 
So then, you know, I needed, so I needed so many people to finish the book um, that I was looking for all kinds of partners. So like you're saying, somebody comes across and you think, oh, wow, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And sometimes it's not because you can't do it yourself. Sometimes you can, but you don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the time. You just want your hand held. There's all kinds of reasons to get help. And midlife women aren't used to asking for help. Um, I love your observations about book publishing because as I, I mentioned briefly, I worked for 19 years in a, a book publishing department in a hospital. And there were, you know, people who had that specialty of laying books out, you know, and, and being experts in helping you make all those decisions. And now when you're by yourself, you're either going to suffer and make the decisions by yourself and make mistakes and it'll take longer, or you always have an option of getting the help, paying for the help. Well, and here's something that I thought about when you mentioned that, that I think is really important, getting help. So there's kind of like the one world of help from our community and our personal life. But on a business standpoint, I think something that people don't always appreciate about, about having their own business is that you're always responsible for revenue generation. Right. So you have to get comfortable with selling, like it or not. And I I sometimes use the words networking, marketing, and business development. It really is selling. And what I see with the people who work with me in Bill at the Beach who are starting their consulting businesses, even people who spent their entire career in sales, when it comes to selling yourself, it's still scary. You've been selling books or technology or whatever. Well, if somebody doesn't like the product, it's it's not really personal, but now it is. So what I find with a lot of my people, and I don't know if you see this sometimes with the people that you're working with, we kind of get all into the tasks and we kind of hide. And I love to do this. I love to just do all the tasks. I feel oh, yeah. so good. I cross off all the stuff. I force myself not to do that. And so I really tell people, look, all those little tasks, don't do those. You need to be doing your outreach. You need to build relationships. All businesses relationships. Yeah. And basically you're hiding. If you're not spending you're the hiding. time, it's because you're, you're afraid. Like if you really think yes. about it from a mind, a mindfulness yeah. perspective, you've got some kind of a thought. It's scary. I hate rejection. Like maybe it's something like that. And when you think that way, you feel a certain way. It might be fear. It might be anxious. It might be doubtful. And those feelings will pull you back versus trying to think something like, if I don't put myself out there, I can't help the people I care about or whatever thought works for you to help you lean yes. in. Because it really is a numbers game. Like there's so many parts of it, but if you're not talking to enough people, you know, the example you gave with the hundred people, it's pretty predictable no matter how good you are with cold calling. And this is cold, kind of cold with a warm lead. You know, it's in that in between. They haven't, yeah. they haven't yet said, I'm looking for you. You yes. know, they may not even know it. So, you know, the numbers are pretty predictable and you just have to not make it about yourself, but stay focused on helping people. I'm helping people. I'm trying to help people. I got to find my people. How am I going to do that? I'm going to have to keep putting myself out there. You know, remember when we first, I don't know if it was like this for you, but when I first graduated and was looking for my first professional job from grad school, I was floored by how much time it took to actually look for a job. And I remember thinking or reading somewhere, maybe it was in What Colors My Parachute, I don't remember. But it was, <laughs> oh, those it was good like, old you have to expect one month of searching for every $10,000 you want to make. So if you want to make $50,000, you have to expect 50,000 a year. You have to expect it'll take you at least five months. So I got that advice in my eight in the eighties from somewhere. I don't remember where, yeah. but I always really took that to heart that for most of us, things take longer than we think they should. And even that thinking about what things should take, how long things should take, it doesn't serve us because then we always feel like we're behind. Yeah. or that we're failing, or that somebody else is doing it better. 
than I am. Something's wrong with my approach, you know? So I, I love that you really focus on that, that it does take time, but you've got three steps that are proven that will really get you there. I mean, you just have to embrace that you do these things consistently right? and get over yourself and stay focused on the task at hand, which is helping people that that yes. will really help you move forward. Yes. No, it's true because in my program, a lot of what I do is really boot in the backside, like just pushing people not to do exactly what you were saying, which is hide and get out there. It gets easier. And I talk about my three action steps. I talk about hundred people, but sometimes I work with people and, and we talked earlier about overwhelm. Um, one of my superpowers is helping companies and people get out of overwhelm. And it's about breaking it into small enough steps. So if I'm working with someone who I can tell that a hundred people is too many, then just do one. The first is always the hardest. Just do one. Just by next week, do one. Yeah. And then, and then, okay, three of a hundred, because I'm sitting here thinking all those years down the road, I know that you're going to need way more than a hundred eventually, but it doesn't have to be just, just do a couple, just take some steps and every step gets, you know, people take, I, I talk about taking the plunge and there are times many of us remember from our childhood. I don't think they have high dives anymore at pools. I think that's a liability thing now, Wow! but we all remember the first time we stood at the end and had the courage to jump off that high dive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's that plunge. But if that's too much, then just take a step and take a step and take a step. Make it small. Break it down into baby pieces. And um, there's always going to be, I can't remember now which episode of yours I was listening to this morning. There's always going to be fear. Yeah. So people sometimes say to me, um, here's something that people will say to me on a consulting. It's a constant. So I'm really in perpetual job search. And even for you too, yeah. you always have to be bringing new clients in whatever you're doing. That's what every business has to do. So there's always a certain amount of fear of what if, what, even though it's been working, what if all of a sudden there aren't any more? And I would talk to myself and I would think, well, that's silly because it's always been happening. And finally, I just realized I'm still going to have moments of panic. I'm still going to wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and think, am I going to be able to pay the mortgage or the college tuition or whatever next month? And that's okay. You kind of just have to learn to embrace that that's part of it. And I bet you. Yeah, because we've got the freedom too, right? I think that's really the biggest difference. When you're employed by somebody else, you aren't responsible for generating the income. Yes. Essentially, broad sweeping generalization. Here you are responsible for generating the income at some level. Uh, or even hiring an amazing person who's going to help you generate the income, you still have the ultimate responsibility. Right. And, but like the whole thing, the way you talk about the premise of the book and the concept of consulting being an amazing, uh, next step for you is that you get these advantages. You get the freedom, you get flexibility, you get control, you get interesting work and not being stuck with work. Like you're making those decisions and excellent pay perhaps more than you ever imagined you could generate uh, yourself or even in when you thought about your career, your professional contribution, you just didn't even think it was possible. So like you say, you work when you want, you work where you want, and you work how you want. And that that's huge. But anytime we do something new, there's fear. Of course, we're doing something new. If we right. knew how to do it, you know, we would we would not be as fearful, but even as an entrepreneur, we're always learning new things. We always have to do new things and we always have to find new clients. So there is newness all the time and there's no guarantee. And I think if the pandemic has taught us anything, it taught us that certainty really isn't there. So many of us think there's more certainty when you're employed, Uh, but I got laid off. 
That's, you know, you will, if you have your own business, you will never walk in and get surprised. So I have a little story that I like to tell. Um, I spoke at an outplacement services firm called Lee Hecht Harrison that some people may have bumped into because they're a global firm. Every month for over 12 years, it kind of disappeared during the pandemic. But, and I spoke to people who were in transition who had been laid off. So I was at a client doing a project and we had a team meeting on Wednesday and a woman was there. On the following Monday, I was doing my monthly talk and she walked into the room. She's getting outplacement services. So she had been laid off. Well, of course I wanted to respect her privacy and all that, but I'm sure something registered on my face. And she came up after and she said, you know, I walked in on Friday. There was one position eliminated. It wasn't like a big right-sizing thing. One position... One position was eliminated and it was mine. I had no idea it was coming. I had been there for 15 years and it was me. And I had no idea. And even when I used to be in companies, being part of the the management team that had to do those big layoffs, there would be some of us, it didn't happen to me when I did get laid off. I, I laid myself off. I knew that we needed to do that. But I remember having colleagues, they would lay off their list of 10 And then they would get a knock on the door. Like, thank you very much. You just went through all that torture and now you're gone too. So you don't know, at least when you have your own business, you might bury your head in the sand. That's a different (laughs) problem. But sure, responsible for your pipeline. You kind of know what it looks like. And if it's not working, then you know, you need to figure out what it is to make it work. So, you know, what's going oh, on yeah. there there's there aren't those surprises so it just speaks to your point of um all of us need to take control of our careers and our financial future and it can be in a corporate job or not and i'm sure that some of the people that you work with they're per- they're going to stay in their corporate job and it's other aspects of their life that you're going to help them shift to make that work differently. So that's I don't exactly, want any. That, no, you know what, Amy, that's exactly it. Because uh, sometimes I have clients who aren't sure what to do. Uh, yeah. So they're not happy with their corporate situation. And sometimes after our work together, they do exactly what you just suggested. They decide to stay, but improve other parts of their lives. Or I've also had clients who decide to stay and start a consulting gig or something else as a side option. Into to dip your toe in the water and just see, you know, yes. and then sometimes there's the cold turkey. They're like, I'm out of here. I'm ready for a change. Yes. Other people set a deadline. So they now have a goal that they want to leave within a year or two. Sometimes it's based on education that they want to get in between, or they just want to save up enough money to buffer the transition. I've had every possible scenario. And the beautiful part of the work that I'm doing is I help people find their actual thoughts and understand what they want because many come to me and they don't know what they want. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs also come to me because things are going okay, but they're working too much or they, they don't, um, they, they've lost sight of their priorities and don't know how to merge what they really want with the business that they've created. So there's all right. kinds of reasons. Um, but what you just said is a really, um, definitely something that happens is sometimes staying in your job is the answer for you. And you can also revisit it in a couple of years. But this option, the way you've broken it out as such an easy, natural step for corporate uh, people with tons of corporate experience is so great. Uh, this has come up so often for women in my community. And as I mentioned, I've have, uh, have had a few clients who've done this, but you've broken it down It's so, with such consumable steps. Like these are so easy to understand. And I just love it. So how can people get a hold of you, your website, and that amazing free email course? Yes. Yeah, so the free email course happens to be the action steps. And the reason that's my free email course is because that's that's the way to start and the way to carry on. So my website is Billable at the Beach. So if you Google Billable at the Beach or Amy Rousdell, you'll bump into me out there. I'm also... My main social media platform is LinkedIn. 
Um, and you'll, the, the free email course will pop right out at you. And it's just very simple, but it goes a little deeper into those three steps and how to really do it. Um, you'll find my book, uh, it's ebook, paper book, audio book, whatever's easiest for you. You know, it's not expensive that, and then that goes deeper into really everything that you need A to Z. My whole approach is very practical break it down into steps, very much focused on generate revenue first and then build the business along the way with the idea that the point of doing this is to make money. So I love it. Getting money coming in um, as quickly as you can along the way so you can make that leap and then all the, the things that you need to to do along the way. So the book, the free email course. Then I have a lot of other resources. I have articles on, I mentioned prosperity is yours for the taking. You know, I have an article that goes deeper into kind of, I don't consider myself a mindset coach, but kind of the mindset and the thinking that goes into that. So I love it. There's so much good stuff there. Amy, thank you so much. This has been so much fun to talk about. And I realize um, it's so important to understand an option for corporate. That is just so perfect. I mean, I know corporate experienced people aren't the only ones who can be consultants, but in this particular case, it's just such a great way to proceed. So thank you so much for sharing this and for getting over whatever mental drama you had to pursue yeah, uh, directions yeah. so that you can help so many people. It's so good. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's it for this episode. I just love what Amy had to say about how transferable your skills are to having a consulting business. So many amazing women in the middle don't fully appreciate what they have to offer. I hear it over and over again. This might just be the best of both worlds, so please check it out. As you know, this podcast is all about how to love your life again after 50. It's really all about coaching you to become more intentional, to incorporate mindfulness into your life again as a regular practice. This is how you put yourself on your agenda. My focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and focused on your current values and priorities so you don't have regrets. I can totally help you create the success you're looking for. That's why I created the Women in the Middle Academy, with you in mind, because it's a warm, supportive, and fun coaching community of like-minded women who grow forward together so that you feel great about your roadmap to a more fun, meaningful, and regret-free chapter. This is really what we're talking about. So email me your questions and let's talk about it more to see if it's a good fit for you. Go ahead and book your free no obligation momentum call at www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. Want to grab a breakthrough coaching call? Head over to my website at www.susierosenstein.com and click the coaching and workshops tab and you'll see the booking link there. Want to talk more about the podcast? Join the Women in the Middle Podcast Club. Just head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the Podcast Club button and away you go. And finally, for show notes and links, head over to susierosenstein.com and click the Podcast tab and look for Episode 323. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. Okay.